Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Toward Light podcast. Feeling a lot of gratitude in this moment to get to talk about and share the Dharma. Somewhere in the teachings, there's a simile where the Buddha talks about that to take birth as a human is as unlikely as a blind sea turtle who only pops his head up once every hundred years, popping his head up right through a wooden ring that someone's floated on the surface of the ocean. It's that rare to be a human And it's even more rare to be a human who has access to these teachings. So I'm really grateful to be here and grateful for all of you listening. This week, I'm going to talk about letting go, letting be, surrender, renunciation, acceptance. Some of these words and phrases might resonate with you. Some of them may not. I'll try and mix it up. This is such a foundational part of the path. The Buddha said, I teach one thing, suffering and the end of suffering. And suffering ends when we let go, when we surrender. Suffering continues when we grasp and cling and hold on. Right now, with so many of our lives turned around upside down, changed in many ways, we can notice the ways that we may have grasped or clung on to different things. We may notice what we're missing and how painful that can feel. We may notice a real level of not wanting to accept what's happening, wanting to change things fighting against. That's really normal. That's natural. And so for me, I really need to be reminded about letting go, about surrender, over and over again. Why do we cling on to things? Why do we grasp? Some of it is habitual patterning. Some of it is fear. Some of it comes from desire. When I want something, about 50% of the time, it's coming from a place of desire and a real lusting after. But about 50% of the time, it's because I want it to replace something else, or I don't want to be where I am, or I'm trying to avoid or escape. And some of the habitual patterning is the survival instinct of being in an animal body that is trying to survive. And so this grasping can be part of our system, and that's where letting go becomes so difficult. There's the example of the way you make a monkey trap is you have a jar and you put a banana in it, and the monkey reaches in and closes his fist over the banana and then can't get his fist out because he won't let go of the banana because he's holding on to because he's grasping. Because prioritizing, grasping over freedom, 
grasping over safety. In her book, Let Go, A Buddhist Guide to Breaking Free of Habits, Martine Batchelor gives an example that I think is useful. I hold something dear, a small Korean bowl, for example. Because it is mine and it is precious, I grasp at it. So physically, I hold it in the palm of my hand and tighten my fist around it. If I do this for some time, I will get a cramp in the arms. But also, I will not be able to use my hand for anything else, which means I am stuck to what I am grasping at. The solution to the grasping pattern upon contact is not, of course, to get rid of the hand that grasps or to get rid of the object being grasped at. That is too drastic. The object has not asked to be grasped at, even if advertising and packaging made it incredibly alluring. Meditation can help me open my hand gently and have the object rest lightly upon my palm. In this way, there is the possibility of movement and freedom. So I don't know if you can resonate with that feeling in the body of holding something too tight and the hand becoming painful and me falling asleep. That sensation, that feeling in the hand, even try it right now, just grasp your, clench your fist. That can happen throughout our experience. As you let the fist go, like feel the freedom in your fingers, the flexibility. So we do grasp onto things. We also grasp onto thoughts, stories, paradigms, views, identities. The identity piece I feel like is such a big deal right now for many of us. Many people have lost work or their living circumstances are changed or their work has changed. And in this Western United States culture, there is such an emphasis on identity being linked to work, to our careers. And so as that changes, that can be a big shift. Or even the more subtle identities, right? Like I hold on to this identity of I am a good or present quote-unquote, auntie to some little babies in my life, some little kiddos. And right now, I can't visit them. I can't spend time with them face-to-face. So I watch myself questioning, am I still showing up, quote-unquote, enough? Am I still a good auntie, whatever that means? And so there's a real need for me to see that I'm clinging on to that identity, to know that that identity is created and false anyway. What does a good auntie even mean? And then to rest back into whatever my present moment experience is. If I'm feeling love for those kiddos, I can send a text, I can send a card, I can make a video. And can I allow that to be enough? Can I stop clinging and grasping onto something A, that's not available, and B, that is not necessary. We can also see in the bigger picture the way that some people in this culture are really grasping or trying to hold on to what they believe freedom means. And so rather than seeing that freedom is in making 
the t- wise choice or the the scientifically proven choice to protect ourselves and others by taking these steps. They're seeing freedom as only about being able to choose what they want. True freedom is about appropriate response. True freedom is not letting these thoughts or stories or ideas in our head drive us one direction or another. True freedom is letting life rest on our palm. Sometimes we don't know that we're grasping, so we can't let go, we can't surrender, because the things that we hold on to are so subtle sometimes. Or, in my case, I watch some maladaptive patterns that I created to protect me due to trauma, and they were useful in certain scenarios or moments. They are not useful now, but I can still do those things without even realizing it. And so a big piece of my work right now, as I'm sheltering in place in a one-bedroom apartment with another human and a dog, is to really give myself time to really give myself some attention to look at, oh, what are you doing right now? Are you doing this because you want to or because it's how you feel you should behave? Are you holding on to something that's telling you to do this? Or is this a natural, wise response? And I have the luxury of being able to have that inquiry because I am in a safe place. Sometimes we can't see our maladaptive patterns because they're actually adaptive. They're actually keeping us safe in certain circumstances. They're not maladaptive in those moments. I think for me, one of the parts of letting go that feels so daunting sometimes is the layers. As I can feel like I've let go of something and then another iteration or another layer of it comes up. As someone who's in addiction recovery, I notice that my tendency to reach for things when I'm feeling uncomfortable seems very high. I think it's normal for all humans, but I, I'm really wired that way. I, I love soft things. I love warm things. I want to be cozy all the time. So I watch myself grasping onto or reaching for some level of comfort a lot of the time. And when I can let go, renounce that pattern for a minute, be with what is, it does feel useful. And also sometimes that's not available. Sometimes the level of activation in my system, the level of worry, anxiety, stress is such that I can't do that looking without first regulating myself having a cry or a cup of tea or watching a movie or something. So sometimes for me, the exploration of letting go, surrendering, sometimes is after the fact. Sometimes I see, okay, this is how I grasped. This is what it did to me. This is the way that next time that comes up, I could let go. 
So when we're in the midst of our days or doing things, like sometimes this feels very difficult. And in Rick Hansen's book, he's a um, PhD, he understands a lot of the brain science and then talks about the link between kind of the brain and the Buddhist teachings and how they line up, which I really appreciate. So in this book, Just One Thing, he has a chapter called Pause. And he says, sometimes we get so caught up in never-ending doing that it becomes a habit. Make it okay with yourself to simply be from time to time. A few times a day, stop for a few seconds and tune into what's going on for you, especially beneath the surface. Use this pause to make space for your experience like airing out a long, closed closet in a big room. Catch up with yourself. Before beginning a routine activity, take a moment to become fully present. Try this with meals, starting the car, brushing your teeth, taking a shower, or answering the phone. I like the practicality of this suggestion. Okay, if I do want to let go, and I will, so I need to see what I'm grasping to, one way I can do that is to pause. And I can pick times in my day. You can have your phone beep at you at certain times. You can say, okay, always before I eat a meal, I'm going to pause. Always before I walk into the kitchen, I'm going to pause. Take a breath. See what's going on. Even in this period of time where there, for me, is a lot of spaciousness in my schedule, I still watch the ways that I rush from activity to activity. So having this reminder to pause, to see what am I hanging on to? Even that rushing from activity to activity, that's something I'm grasping to. I'm grasping to this idea of being busy or being productive. When I let that go, when I trust in my capacity to respond appropriately to what's arising, I do slow down. My body needs a fair amount of horizontal time. It's how I get the most rest. I meditate lying down. I would like to do most of my life lying down if I could. And I have this idea that that's not okay or that that's different or wrong or And part of that's the culture I've been conditioned in, and part of that is just story. So when I let that idea go and say, okay, I did one task on my to-do list, and now I need to lie down for 20 minutes, and that's okay. And then I'll be able to do the next thing. When I allow myself to go at my natural pace, there's a lot more ease. I know for some of you, your schedules have changed dramatically, and for some of you, they haven't, or they've ramped up. And so this may not feel like you can take this on right now. A pause may not feel realistic, or a pause might need to be 20 seconds, or four seconds, or an inhale. Let go of the idea of what even letting go means. Give up your idea of surrender and let be. Thank you so much for listening. The links are in our show notes. 
You can find me on Instagram at towardlight108 and the website is towardlight.net. If you have any questions or feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Be well.